Okay. We're called to order. The meeting of the Business License Commission is called to order. We begin to acknowledge that the land on which we gather that is currently known as the City of West Hollywood is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrieliano Tongva, Gabrieliano Keys peoples. And uh, who would like to lead the Pledge of Allegiance? Danny, would you like to do that? Thank you. Okay, um, please forgive my voice, it's a little hoarse tonight. Um, Secretary, could we please get a roll call? Commissioner Berry? Commissioner Cockrum? Here. Commissioner Ng? Here. Commissioner Hang? Here. Commissioner Vulin? Here. Vice Chair Yusupov? Here. And Chair Eisenberg? Here. And we have a quorum. Terrific. Okay, are there any changes to tonight's agenda? There are no changes to the agenda. Okay. Do we have a motion to approve the agenda? Motion to approve. Second. Yusperov, Commissioner Yusperov, seconded. Okay. Secretary, could we please get a roll call? Commissioner Barry? Here. Commissioner Cockrum? Here. Uh, aye. Commissioner Ng? Approved. Commissioner Hang? Aye. Commissioner Vulin? Aye. Vice Chair Yusupov? Aye. And Chair Eisenberg. Aye. And the item is approved. Thank you. Okay, now we have the approval of the minutes from November 14th, 2023. Um, have there been any changes to the minutes of that date? There are no changes. Okay. Do we have a motion to approve the minutes of November 14th, 2023? Motion to approve. Second. Okay. Secretary, can we have a roll call, please? That was a motion by Commissioner Barry and seconded by Commissioner Vulin. Uh, Commissioner Barry? Aye. Yeah. Aye. Commissioner Cockrum? Aye. <laughs> Commissioner Ng? Yes. Commissioner Hang? Aye. Commissioner Vulin? Aye. Vice Chair Yusupov? Aye. And Chair Eisenberg? Aye. And approved. Okay, now is the time for public comment. Um, I want to inform the community that there has been an increase in tax and, and attacks at many cities around the state whereby public commenters have been calling into public comment lines at city council meetings and forcing communities to hear vile and hateful racist and anti-Semitic public comment messages. I anticipate such comments may come through tonight based on the number of cities that have experienced these attacks. I want to tell the public and staff that while we may sometimes seem divided on some political issues, West Hollywood is united against hate. Staff has provided us signs that my colleagues, uh, staff, and the public may use to express that we are united against hate. If you hear a comment that is hateful, you may hold up your sign or you may leave the room or turn down your volume at home. You are not required to endure speech that offends decency and our core values. Please let the signs show that we are united against hate and this type of speech does not reflect our values. While these disruptors may be taking advantage of the opportunity to speak uh, to our community because we currently provide for telephone comments, they will not break our spirit. We are united together against hate. If you did not register to speak via Zoom with city staff, you will not be admitted into Zoom to speak. The cutoff time is 2 p.m. the day of the commission meeting as indicated on the posted agenda. Okay. Do we have any speakers at this time? No, we do not have any public comments. Okay. So we'll move on to the public hearing. 
uh, item 7A, application by Mutha Tree LLC to modify the approved cannabis consumption area, edibles, business license to be located at 7614 Santa Monica Boulevard. I will now open the public hearing on item 7A. Secretary, could you please tell us how this was noticed? All notices were posted as required by law at the three cities legally required posting locations and mailed to all residents and businesses within the 500 foot radius of the business. Thank you. Uh, do any commissioners have any uh, disclosures to make? Anyone? Okay. Um, is there a staff report? Hi, good evening. My name is Jessica Benitez, Code Enforcement Supervisor. I'm joined by Neighborhood and Business Safety Manager, Adamides, and also Deputy City Attorney, uh, Grace Yeo. So the item before you tonight is not a new license, but a modification requesting that two separate units are merged into one tenant space. So I'll provide some background for the mother tree. Interesting, it doesn't go to the next one. Okay, as I'm trying to move slides. Give me one second. Thank you. It doesn't work. Check with this, maybe we have to do this manually. Thank you. Okay, sorry about the technical issue. So as mentioned, I was providing some background. On October, 21st, uh, October 21st of 2021, Mother Tree, actually it should be October 12 of 2021, Mother Tree DBA Gold Global obtained approval for a cannabis consumption area uh, with ancillary smoking to take place from 7614 through 7626 Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, what, the, what the approval was is that such business was gonna take place from two separate units within the same complex. On November 28th of 2023, the business submitted a request to modify the existing edibles and smoking area that was approved back in 2021 due to current cannabis landscape um, uh, situations and also a lengthy permitting process. The next slide shows um, the approved site plant, the edibles and ingestion lounge area that was to be located at 7626 Santa Monica Boulevard. And I'm gonna hover my uh, mouse, uh, but on the screen, on your screen, you should see that on the left-hand side where it says building number two, that was approved for edibles only. In the middle section, that was supposed to be an outdoor patio. And to the left of the screen, that was supposed to, to house the smoky, excuse me, the smoking area. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that was the original approved back in 2021. The request before you tonight is to merge the business operation from the, these two tenant spaces into 7614 Santa Monica. And that is on the left of the screen or left on the, the screen that you're seeing up on the um, um, uh, DS here. Um, so what they want to do now is they want to move all the operations to this building. Um, they want to move 
the edibles portion to the front and upstairs of this particular space and move the ancillary smoking area to the rear of the, of the location. And in the next slide, I will show you the proposed site plan. There we go. Here is more of a clear definition of what they're, what they're proposing. So the 7626 Santa Monica Boulevard will be no longer part of the operations. Uh, Commissioner Yusupov, are you seeing th the slide here up above on the, your screen? Because on your screen, okay. Maybe if the commissioners want to turn, maybe to see the uh, the screen. Uh, just a suggestion. I don't think I can zoom through this system. So, <laughs> so um, what they are wanting to do, and before you is the floor plan. And I was mentioning the 7626 tenant space will be no longer part of the cannabis operation. The 7614 Santa Monica, as described in grade, it will be the ancillary smoking. In other words, they're just condensing the business operations into one location. Also, what they're proposing to do is eliminating the outer edibles area. In the next slide, um, I will uh, show you, excuse me, I'm missing one slide here and I apologize for that, but in a nutshell, uh, the 7614 Santa Monica Boulevard is a 2,500 square foot building that previously was approved as a smoking area only. If the modifications are approved, the ancillary smoking area will be reduced to 770 square feet, which is consistent with the municipal code section. As mentioned before, the first floor will house the uh, edibles area and the ancillary smoking will occupy the rear of the building. On the second floor, which is the mezzanine, the entire space will be dedicated to the edibles ingestion only. With these changes, the applicant is required to adhere to the operating requirements. The applicant will incorporate the order control plan that was previously approved, which includes an upgraded HVAC system and carbon filters to prevent the smoke and odors escaping through the access door, including weather stripping. Another requirement is security guards. The business owner requests that since the business footprint is being reduced into one tenant space, that the number of security guards be reduced from four to two unarmed security guards which staff supports giving the reduction of the footprint. And with that, city staff has reviewed the application and supporting documentation for compliance with the applicable municipal codes and recommends that the West Hollywood Municipal, uh, that the West Business License Commission adopt resolution number BLC 24 dash 001 to approve the business mother tree LLC to modify the cannabis consumption area edibles to allow the business operation to merge into one tenant space, eliminating the outdoor edible only area and reduce the number of security guards from four to two security guards, which is consistent with other business operations. The approved conditions have been incorporated to this Resolution. And with that, I'm concluding the staff report and we're available to see if you have any questions. Okay, do any commissioners have any questions of staff at this time? Why don't we start with Commissioner Ruler? No? Commissioner Hay? I have no questions, thank you. Mr. Chair, you explore. Uh, so, the question are we going to have uh, 
So that's the only plan that you have. That's the size of the plan that we can see, right? That's the only drawings that you have uh, to, uh, that was presented. I have it in a format and an 80 by 11. I mean, I could go ahead and share it if that was too small. Uh, unfortunately, with the presentation, it doesn't allow me to uh, enlarge it. Okay. Well, right now, that's all my questions, and I okay. guess we'll, we'll, I, I'm assuming there is a presentation by the applicant too. So, thanks, Commissioner Rang. Um, Jessica, if if they were to modify the floor plan based on any discussions that have, like, is it possible to modify the floor plan would be my question. Is it possible? Um, they would have to go through the planning department, planning division, and building and safety. They would go through the processing, the, the permitting process. Um, this, if they merge into one spot, that doesn't give like license for another dispensary to open in the old spot, right? Because the number of dispensaries is still the same. Uh, correct. Okay. And the, what they're doing is is downsizing. They're just downsizing. Their business operations. Okay. Got it, Commissioner Barry. Yeah, so, Jessica, the odor control plan was approved in 2021. Correct. Were there any changes to the odor control codes between 2021 and 2024? No, there have not been any odor control amendments to the municipal code. Okay, then that's all I have. Okay, I don't have any questions. Um, is the applicant present? Would you like, um, you'll be provided five minutes if you want to make any comments. Good okay. evening, Chair. Good evening, Vice Chair. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Danny Shaker, uh, Shree Franklin's partner. Um, real quickly, since we've been here uh, a couple of years ago, we've opened up two cannabis dispensaries and delivery businesses in the city of LA, one in downtown LA, one off of Westwood and Olympic, down the street from the Westside Pavilion Mall, which UCLA just purchased. Um, this Sunday will be our one-year anniversary for that store. April 20th will be our two-year anniversary for our downtown LA store. I say all that just to say that we're actively involved in the cannabis scene. Um, we've curated over a, a database of over 60,000 unique customers in the past two years. Um, we understand the business, we understand the curation process, we understand the customers. Um, the reason we're downsizing is because market conditions and realizing the edible lounge model is not really a viable business model anymore, um, especially since um, we can't infuse foods directly. Uh, so we thought, and, and, and also with our um, October 24th, 2024 deadline of having to open, we thought this would be the fastest way for us to get to that point and be operational within a viable business plan. If you guys have any questions for us. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Rang. <coughs> Good evening, Danny. Your location is very close to my home. I'm excited to see that. Um, the questions that I have are, uh, I mean, I just asked about the configuration and clearly you can't change that, but I'm wondering why you have smoking on the bottom floor and not the top. Um, I, the, the, I believe the first floor is a little bit larger. We're allowed a 50% floor size for smoking lounge compared to our edible lounge. So for example, the building's 2,500 square feet. We're allowed up to 1,250 square feet of smoking. We've only dedicated 770. We didn't want to go any less than that. Um, 
and that's why we're currently on the first floor, because it gives us a little bit more than the second floor would allow us to have. Okay, well, again, I know it's too late, but I, I think it would have made more sense on the second floor. Um, who, how are you procuring the cannabis that you'll be selling at the lounge? How is it provided? So currently state law um, mandates that cultivator, licensed cultivators grow it and licensed distributors distribute it. So um, we've actually have, we actually have three dispensaries in the state of California. Our first one uh, is up in Humboldt, uh, California. It's been open for over four years now. Um, so we have lots of relationships with licensed growers, manufacturers, and distributors who we've currently been curating for our dispensaries for. Um, we sell over 17,000 SKUs of products per month per store. Um, we do over half a million dollars a month in gross revenue per store. Uh, so with that all said, we have a large buying team and we have a, a great deal of relationships <coughs> with producers in the state of California. So then the, the procurement for the, the location would be different than the procurement that you're using for your, for your retail spots? Absolutely, well, uh, good question. Um, so since this is more of a consumption lounge rather than a retail store, um, our menu will be a lot smaller. We currently have in our retail stores over 1,500 SKUs of products um, across 200 different brands. Here it would be a fraction of that. Um, we're just curating the real quality, high-end, top-shelf stuff. Um, we're probably not going to need as many multi-packaged edibles or um, large packaging of pre-rolled joints. So we're just going to be purchasing for on-site consumption and curating for that business model. And are you, do you have a food option? I know you can't have it together, but will there be a food option? Yeah, so by freeing up that edible lounge space at 7626, we plan on turning that into a traditional coffee shop. And then we also have the back 4,000 square feet where we're planning on doing a restaurant, um, which we've already gotten our health department approval for our kitchen. Thank you. Any other questions? Commissioner Yusbra? So yeah, that's what I was, I was going to ask you, what you're gonna do with that space that you're giving up. So that will be a, a cafe. Yeah, traditional coffee shop. And next to our two LA dispensaries, we're opening up two more coffee shops, traditional coffee shops. The downtown LA one is already fully built out. We're just going through um, inspections. And then um, our Westwood location, we just got RTI'd and we're starting construction on that uh, February 1st. Mm -hmm. So with this change, um, and you have, you have neighbors, residential buildings in the back, right? Um, Correct, there's an alley and then there's some apartment buildings behind so us. So what, this change, what, what's gonna be closest to the, those residential um, um, properties uh, with this change is anything it doesn't getting? it actually lessens the intensity of smoke because the smoke is still remaining in the same building and it's going from 1500 square feet to 770 square feet so the location of smoking is not changing it's still remaining in the same place just a little bit smaller and then we're bringing the entire edible lounge which was supposed to be in that 3000 square foot building into the 7614 Santa Monica Boulevard building. And so the edibles is gonna be on the second floor uh, of that uh, Correct. building. And, and do, does this change require any, any ch uh, changes to the mitigation, like the smoke mitigation or noise mitigation? Do you have to do anything to? Um, we're, we're gonna update the layout of the exhaust locations, 
but the entire system is pretty much the same. So since that building was going to be the smoking lounge, um, it's still the smoking lounge, just a smaller footprint of the smoking section. So do you think this, this can actually lessen the impact on the Absolutely. neighbors? Absolutely. It's going to go from 1,500 square feet of smoking area to 770 square feet. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I, I, my questions have been answered. I was also curious about the first floor smoking versus the second and, um, and the HVAC system. But I am just curious what kind of system is in place to avoid the smoke rising to the edible area? Um, so is it, it sealed? Is it, the room it, it, sealed? I mean, it's currently completely sealed off to the second floor, um, but we do have ducts running through a wall that passes through the second floor and goes to the rooftop. Um, we're installing a new HVAC system and a new exhaust system that has carbon filters in it. So the HVAC system will provide 100% of new fresh air, while the exhaust system is sucking out 100% um, of the smoke and filtering it through the carbon filter. So fresh air comes in 100% and then smoke goes out. But none of it will be traveling necessarily through the second floor. It will just be going through the pipes that are in the walls. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Um, is there anyone from the public who wants to speak this evening? Yes, we have Genevieve Morrill on Zoom. I don't see Genevieve. She's calling in, oh, so we'll okay. just be able to hear her. Okay. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can. Good evening, Madam Chair and Commissioners. And thank you, Madam Clerk, Genevieve Morrill, President and CEO for the West Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. I'm really sorry I couldn't be with you tonight. I'm still recovering from some flu. Um, but we are here tonight in support of Mother Tree, also known as GOAT Global. Danny Shaker and Cherie Franklin have been wonderful members, and Danny Shaker's family has been stakeholders, property owners in West Hollywood prior to being awarded their cannabis consumption license. Um, the commitment to the community has been bar none. Uh, Cherie also serves with the Chamber and has been taking major lead roles in the community on various platforms and panel discussions for the city. As I said in my letter, the applicant has um, really diligently moved forward in developing plans. I think that's one of the things that we want to see is that the license holders are moving forward with trying to get open. Um, for to be a one, another one of our innovative consumption lounges the city envisions. In consideration for future operational success, these partners, Danny and Cherie, have been seeking solutions to make the lounge viable with various creative elements and restructuring, including the cafe. The location of areas for use and the layout of the concept, a concept and its elements are strategic for this success. We appreciate your consideration and hope you'll support this request and the staff's recommendation. Thank you and have a great evening. Thank you, Genevieve. Is there anyone else? We have no other public speakers at this time. Okay. Um, applicant, did you want to make any other statements? Thank you for your time. Okay. Any more questions from commissioners? Commissioner Ray? Okay. Um, all right. I will now close the public comment portion and bring the matter back to the commission for discussion and deliberation. Do you want to start, Commissioner? No. Does anyone have anything to say?
Commissioner Ranch. So um, one thing that I will point out, and I know for a consumption-only lounge, it's incredibly difficult to not have retail accompany it. Um, so I am inclined to uh, vote for approval because I know that, again, I didn't know that you were uh, a resident of the city. That's nice to know. Um, but I do know that the conditions in which you're having to operate are incredibly difficult. So I would be inclined to support this. Anyone else? Commissioner Yusborov? Yeah. Well, I think the changes they're proposing um, actually uh, even lessening the impact on the neighborhood and uh, uh, what they're describing makes sense, so I'm inclined to support this. Okay. Commissioner Haig? Thank you, Chair. Um, I'm in favor of supporting staff's recommendation. Thank you. Commissioner Bullock? Um, yeah, it seems pretty straightforward, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be supporting that. If they need to downsize to help their business model and help them to open sooner, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Commissioner Cockrum? I agree with Commissioner everything. Commissioner Barry? Sorry. Okay. Everything? Yeah. Sorry. I think everything was very well thought out, and uh, I'm in support of this. Okay. Um, do we have a motion to approve? Motion. Second. Okay. May I get a roll call, Secretary? Commissioner Barry? Aye. Commissioner Cockrum? Aye. Commissioner Ng? Aye. Commissioner Hang? Aye. Commissioner Volin? Aye. Vice Chair Yusupov? Aye. And Chair Eisenberg? Aye. And the item is approved. Thank you. Congratulations. Okay. Um, we'll now move to item 7B, an application by the artistry to relocate the cannabis consumption area, smoking, vaping, and edibles, business license number CCA 000008 from 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard to 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard, and modify the cannabis consumption area edibles business license um, number CCE 000001. Okay, I'll now open the public hearing. And Secretary, could you please tell us how this was noticed? Sorry, <laughs> having some difficulties. But all notices are posted as required by law to three legally posting requirement uh, locations and sent to all residents and business owners within 500 feet of the business we are in reference to. Okay. Do any commissioners have any disclosures to make? Um, yes, I do. I have visited Artistry on numerous occasions. I have never met any of the owners or managers, but I have been a regular visitor to the lounge and dispensary. Okay, anyone else? Okay. Uh, Secretary, is there a staff report? I met, I met yes, we are pulling yeah. it up at the moment. Yeah. And we're ready to go. Okay. I'm not even on the speaker. Good evening, Jessica Benitez, Code Enforcement Supervisor. I'm joined by Neighborhood and Business Safety Manager Adamitis and Deputy City Attorney Grazio. Um, <clears throat> the, one of the things that I want to um, make a mention regarding this particular application is um, the artistry has received approval from the Business License Commission for the cannabis business license in the adults retail, medical dispensary, consumption area, <clears throat> edibles, cannabis delivery, and cannabis consumption 
area for vaping, smoking, and edibles in five different categories. The item before the commission is for a change of location and modifications of an existing license only. I'll go ahead and start providing some background regarding the artistry. Between 2019 and 2021, the artistry received approval before, the, before this body to operate the cannabis adult retail, medical dispensary, delivery service, and cannabis consumption area, edibles with ancillary smoking from a three-story commercial building located at 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard. This is a total of four licenses. On February 1st of 2022, the artistry received approval for the cannabis consumption area, smoking, vaping, and edibles. That is license number CCA8. This business license application was approved to operate from 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard. This location is not yet operational. On December 18, 2023, the business applied to relocate the cannabis consumption area, smoking, vaping, and edibles license number CC8 from 8289 Santa Monica to its existing business operation, which is located at 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard. Also requested to move the current cannabis edibles license CCE1 operations from 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard to the ground floor. So this would mean that there would be two consumption licenses operating out of the same location. This slide shows the current cannabis consumption edibles at the top of the screen. And on the lower word rendering, you will see the proposed changes. I will start off with the current operation. The cannabis consumption area edibles business license is currently being operated from the three-story commercial building at 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard. On the screen, you will see an east elevation, the rendering from the east elevation, east-west, uh, from the side of the building at the frontage. <clears throat> the ancillary smoking area is located on the second floor, which includes an outdoor patio. The edibles ingestion area are located throughout the first, second, and third floor. This license currently has a restricted smoking area where the smoking area cannot be more than 50% of the edible area as outlined in the municipal code. The lower rendering shows the proposed changes as follows. <clears throat> license number CCA number eight, which is the consumption area smoking, baking, and edibles, to be relocated to the approved license from 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard, which have not yet started operations, to the second and third floor of the existing cannabis consumption edibles operation at 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard. Per the proposal, the third floor will be converted from edibles to all smoking area. The second floor will maintain the current smoking area and the adjacent edibles area will be converted to a reception area. So if you want to, because of the length, I couldn't put it side to side, otherwise it's really small. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and the edibles ingestion area will remain unchanged on the ground floor. This specific business <coughs> license category is not subject to the smoking edibles square footage restrictors as the edibles only license in the municipal code. In the next three slides, I will go um, 
shared floor by floor. My throat. <clears throat> this is just a recap of what they're re requiring, but this is the ground floor. Um, the section label number three is the 400 squared edibles only consumption area. My throat. And on the second floor, it will be the smoking area, and then the third floor, and then the third area will be converted from edibles only to all smoking. <clears throat> Excuse me. The operating requirements, if approved, the business will modify the HVAC system for the new smoking area and obtain a mechanical permit from building and safety. Also, we've heard some concerns regarding patrons illegally parking in the red zone and a condition on the resolution has been added to address those issues in the neighborhood. <clears throat> the rest of the operating requirements such as hours of operation, security guard, age verification, will remain the same other than a minor modification to the odor control plan. Just wanted to recap that. Cannabis consumption area, edibles license number CCE1-0001. We have reviewed the staff, uh, they request to modify the consumption edibles area, license number CC1, to be transferred to the 400 square foot area of the current building in conjunction with moving the consumption area smoking, vaping, and edibles license to the same business location. This request is not aligned with the original approval that supported the issuance of this license from the 2018 and 2021 screening applications. And staff recommends that the commission deny this portion of this request. The request is denied, denied because it is unnecessary and outside the spirit of the ordinance to operate two similar license types out of one location. Since the operator has not, not been able to open a second consumption location by the February 2024 deadline, it appears that they may be attempting to keep this uh, second license alive by creating this space for a minimal and unnecessary operation. <clears throat> of this consumption. It, um, uh, so in other words, what the requests are doing in moving this um, license, a reduction of 3,563 square feet of edibles license to only 400 square feet does not comport with the spirit of the city's cannabis license or ordinance rather, and the requirements are not yet operational from the uh, current 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard. So it is for that reason, the city staff has no objection in relocating the 8289 Santa Monica to 8625. However, um, we do not support that the edibles ingestion operations license number one to be moved from the three different locations of the three-story commercial building to the ground level. Um, so in other words, if the edibles ingestion operations will be forfeited and replaced with the consumption area, smoke, smoking, vaping, and edibles license number, CCA number eight. Um, 
our recommendation, staff's recommendation, is the business has been in operation for over two years and has only had one complaint prior to drafting the staff report related to noise. All complaints received through the public hearing process have been incorporated into the resolution or need further investigation. So with this in mind, we recommend, the city staff recommends that the West Hollywood Business License Commission adopt resolution number BLC 24-002 and allow the business to relocate their cannabis consumption area, which is a smoking, vaping, and edibles license number eight, to its current location and replace the existing cannabis consumption area license number CC1. Uh, we do not, re we recommend the Business License Commission deny the transfer of the cannabis edibles license number one to the ground floor. Therefore, this license is deemed forfeited, which means that um, this license will go away and is not subject to the waitlist provision because it doesn't apply to edibles only. Um, city staff has met with the applicant and provided clear and thorough information and review of the staff's recommendation prior to tonight's meeting. So with that, we conclude our staff report and we are available for any questions you may have. Thank you, Jessica. Do any commissioners have any questions? Commissioner Hang. Thank you, Chair. Um, I had a question regarding one of the public comments submitted. Um, a member of the public had indicated that the fan that was installed um, that they're using, uh, jet system, was not uh, approved or inspected by the city. I don't know if you have any commentary on that from a staff's perspective. Um, records of the property shows that there was a final building permit for a mechanical. Um, that is something that we need to further investigate, but also uh, there's a code section in the noise or ordinance that exempts mechanical equipment that is properly maintained. Uh, but we will work to, with the complainant party to look to take a look at with our building and safety and um, and also obviously work with the business owner if there's an issue with this uh, mechanical device. Is that included in part of the HVAC update? Because I know it said uh, one of the conditions is that there's an HVAC update. One of the conditions is that if, if this is approved before the Business License Commission and the third floor will be converted from edibles to smoking, they would have to um, obtain building permits from building and safety and mechanical and build, building and safety would have to look at this and inspect it again. So if it's approved, it will inherently be inspected and Correct. needed to be fixed. Okay. Correct. Commissioner Volan. Um, yeah, Jessica, you mentioned that um, the recommendation was modified once we got the, uh, I think it was like a letter from the public to address the red zone, parking in the red zone issue, and you made a modification to address that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, what you did? Yes, um, in, in the resolution um, that was sent, we added language, and we also shared with the applicant of this m modification me one second. Um, it's condition number 14 on page 39 of the business license packet, or it would be page number three of resolution number BLC 24-0002. Uh, <clears throat> and pretty much we added language that the license shall discourage their patrons from parking in front of the business and the red curb, <clears throat> the red curb zone by po and by posting outside security to monitor their patrons and discourage double parking or parking illegally in front of 
in front of the store along Santa Monica Boulevard and at the corner of Westbourne Drive and Santa Monica Boulevard. And also added some language to, um, you know, to provide on their website or provide uh, re written materials to their customers. Okay, thank you. Uh, can you cl clarify one more time? So, w the, w what what is being denied, and why is the application being still presented with a partially recommendation to approve and partially recommendation to deny? So that that part is a little bit uh, okay. confusing. So this the currently the uh, artistry has a cannabis consumption edibles area operated at 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard and they got an approval before this commission back in February 1st of 2022 at 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard. So that license expires in two years. So the request is to transfer this license that is less restrictive from the from um, 8289 80 Santa Monica to their current operations. Um, and then the applicant wants to shift their edibles license um, to the ground floor, to only a 400 square foot area. That's the part that we're saying no, okay. recommending denial. Anything else? And can I ask uh, why wait, is... Wait, Jordan, uh, Commissioner Barry, please. The question was answered. It's answered, okay, Commissioner Cockworm. So can I ask why that's bad that they want to reduce their footprint for um, edibles? As, as I indicated, you know, this is not aligned with um, the original approval of their screening and also uh, with the spirit of the cannabis ordinance. Um, they went from three different locations. And I know during their, their screening application, the idea was to have edibles only. And this is the pre-2020 code, code amendments. Um, back in 2018, it was edibles only. You couldn't have edibles. And the idea was just to have a restaurant. And then the smoking lounge was for people to smoke. Uh, and then in 2020, the cannabis code was changed to allow edibles licenses to have an ancillary area of smoking. So now they want to merge both licenses into one tenant space. Whereas before it was approved because it was at a separate location. So the okay. difference then, if it was approved, would just be that the smoking and edibles would be in the same building versus in two different buildings, and it would be smaller. I'm sorry, would you please repeat? So the, if it were to be approved, if we did approve it instead of not approve that, um, does that just mean the smoking and edibles would be now in the same building instead of two different buildings and the edibles consumption area would be smaller? If you, you, uh, I think, if, let me clarify. You're saying that if you were to reverse our denial recommendation, uh, that would be uh, the smoking operations on the first, second, and edibles on the ground floor. So the difference is that it's just smaller, the consumption area. Okay. Maybe I'm not getting it or something. Wait, what I thought, Danny was next. Okay, Commissioner Hank. And if you need further clarification, I'll ask our city um, attorney, a deputy city attorney to um, elaborate a little bit more. Okay, I'll see if maybe um, someone else here can first or if, okay. yeah, it looks like he says he can, so. Thank you, Chair. Um, 
If they're able to operate fully with uh, license 001, which was approved in April 6, 2021, what is the point of them being able to keep the second license that was issued February 1st, 2022, license ending 008? Well, the CCA number eight, I'll refer that as the consumption edibles, is less restrictive. Um, so they would be able to have additional smoking area. Uh, hence the reason why we are supporting that they have a smoking on the third floor and that they have smoking on the uh, second area and not have the ratio 50-50 of edibles and smoking area. So in the event that the commission, uh, if the commission decides to um, let them keep both. What is the per can they? What can they do with the other license? Um, if they were to keep, I mean, based on what they're saying, if, if it's only for 100 square feet, it it seems to us is that they want to keep it to meet the deadline, not necessarily to operate as it was envisioned in the screening process of 2018 or what was brought before this commission in 2022. So I have some further questions. Um, perhaps you can help me understand and maybe the applicant can as well. Um, the original 008 license was granted February 1st, 2022. Um, and that's for the 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard space, which is former conservatory. Um, that's February of 2022. Conservatory is still in operation at that point. It wasn't until December of 2022 that the owner of conservatory, Mr. Paul Kalt, had announced that he is closing conservatory January 2nd, 2023. So between February 2022 and December of 2022, there was eight months of no action or inaction uh, concerning that space. Um, conservatory closed, like I said, January 2nd, 2023. Um, it was then announced that a new space, a new entity was going to take over, possibly, uh, announced by Instagram. Arden took over. Um, they had their grand opening in November on November 6th of 2023. So I just wanna know what happened in between that time to where maybe the deal fell through or what sort of happened if, if staff can help me understand because there seems to be a, a lapse in the time where I'm not understanding why there was no action taken. And when they were granted the original license in February of 2022, there was no announcement that conservatory was even going to go out of business or close. So how were they able to even submit that address as a location for that license if there was still a viable business there at that time? So in 2020, 2022, um, the idea was that they were going to be shifting some operations, but I'll let the applicant elaborate and bring some in more information regarding that. I do know that they were, um, you know, in contracts with the property owner and with the business owner to move into uh, the area. The business was going to be divided into two, um, and they were going to take the 82. 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard, which is closer to Switzer in Santa Monica Boulevard. And then there was going to be some type of restaurant on the west side, uh, on the east side, rather. Um, but I'll let Lauren, who's the applicant, elaborate more into that. Um, but I don't know of any 
applications to the our planning division that went through of a proposed changes. If one didn't work, then what? But they're present and they can uh, speak more into that. Because the staff in the, the staff report indicates that it was due to conflicts involving the current lease Correct. agreement. Correct. So do we know when that current lease agreement had breaking had broke down those deliberations? Do you have a date? I don't, but I'll let the applicant speak to that. Okay, because Arden was confirmed to be open as a full restaurant, and they have their grand opening November 6th. So I'm assuming that, just based on assumption, that whatever deal they had that didn't go through was way prior to November 6th. So my question is, how come they didn't go to the city, to your department, and say, hey, this deal fell through? Maybe we can look for other spaces and do our due diligence. So maybe we can maybe meet our February 2024 deadline. Because this seems like a Hail Mary to come one month before the deadline to ask, you know, for this from the commission. I will let the applicant speak to that. And, and, sorry, and Commissioner Hang um, and Commissioners Danny Rivas here, Director of Community Safety for the City. Um, I just also wanted to, to add some some context because I know there's some questions that I'm hearing the Commission's asking about kind of the, the transfer, right, potential transfer of the license in terms of what's trying to be accomplished here with this item. Um, and so essentially currently in place, the edibles consumption license is more restrictive than the consumption all license that's being requested to be transferred to the location. So what the applicant is trying to accomplish is maximizing more smoking um, that would be allowed if the transfer of the license to the current location is approved this evening. So the business would be able to have more of an expanded smoking area they're at the location, whereas right now they're restricted, right, to a certain amount of space. Um, so that is the reason why the applicant um, has made the request. Um, and to Jessica Benitez's point, you are Commissioner Hang, we would, you know, allow the applicant, obviously, of course, to provide some context in terms of, you know, what occurred, you know, within those months. Um, but that's essentially the request that's being made. Um, and so if, the commission does approve the request for the transfer of the consumption all license um, there at the location that essentially would serve and cover every single floor right of their operation whether they wanted to have a specific area of edibles whether they wanted to have smoking um, they would be unrestricted right to be able to do that on the different floors um, and so they proposed uh, their concept in terms of what they'd like to do, which essentially from what they have right now, their third floor would now turn to a smoking um, area, whereas right now that's not what's in place. Right now it's an edible um, ingestion uh, only um, area. And so by transferring the license, now the current business would be able to maximize that, expand their smoking element, to their third floor, which is what they currently don't have right now. So there is a benefit, of course, from the applicant in terms of being able to potentially have the commission approve that so that they would be able to take advantage of that. And a part of that also has to stem from recent state legislation um, that was being proposed and unfortunately was um, not passed um, by the governor 
that would have uh, potentially allowed um, some other elements, right, um, as it relates to the edible license. So um, right now we are hearing from other edible um, cannabis applicants that are in progress, um, you know, that would have liked to have seen maybe the, the state approve that. Obviously we were hoping for that as well because we did as a city advocate for that legislation, but unfortunately it wasn't passed. So I just wanted to provide some clarity, hopefully that did, um, on some of the questions. Mr. Ring. Okay, I think actually one distinction that needs to be made or that I'd like is that currently they have an edible license and for Commissioner Cockrum, within that they can still smoke. It's just a smaller amount of space. So if they're asking to maintain the two licenses and they want to put an edible area downstairs, which I'm gonna ask you about because I don't get that at all. Um, they're still within that, smoking is allowed. So are they proposing that within that 400 square foot space that they can allow edibles and smoking? No, so yeah, so the first floor edibles area is gonna remain exactly the same. That is not gonna change. So they're not proposing to add smoking to the first floor. Technically, they, they could if, if the commission approves the transfer of the license that's being requested right now. Okay, so, so they, they would be able to maximize that space, but the applicant is choosing not to. So that first floor edible area is not going to change at all if, if this request is approved. The second floor currently has an edibles lounge area and then it does have a smoking right element as well. So that will also remain as is from a smoking perspective, but the edible area that's approved currently on the second floor right now, there wouldn't be a need to maintain that edible area because if the transfer of license occurs, there's not gonna be a limitation on the square footage that somebody be, would be allowed under an edible license to have ancillary smoking. So on that second floor, they're going to, and they have requested, to change the edible lounge to just a reception area. So there won't be any sort of, of, of edible ingestion or smoking occurring in that area right now as proposed by the applicant. Um, but the major change is gonna be on the third floor. The third floor is edibles only right now entirely. And the reason why is they're not allowed any additional smoking area under their current license. So that again is part of the request, right, that's being made this evening, is that if the commission does approve the transfer of this license, they'll be allowed to take advantage of that entire third floor, have a smoking element, right, make some adjustments to the odor control, go through the building and safety process, right, get all that approved and be able to operate. By transferring the license, that consumption all license, again, I wanna reiterate and emphasize, covers the third floor, the second floor, as well as the first floor. So there is no need to have any additional consumption license, edibles wise, there on the property. And so that's what staff's recommendation, along with conferring with our city attorney's office in terms of the recommendation that's being brought forth. So essentially that consumption edibles license, if the commission approves the recommendation from staff, will now go onto a wait list. And so other folks would be able to take advantage of that edibles license. 
and the artistry, the applicant, will be able to operate the same way it's operating now with an expanded smoking element as a part of its operation. Okay, wait, and technically, are, are edibles and smoking not allowed to commingle? Is that supposed to be separate, technically? So as a part of the 2020 settlement agreement, there was um, language that was added that allowed ancillary smoking. So only a certain amount of square footage based on the square footage of a business. So there's limitations on an edible license that would only allow you to do so much square footage in your space of smoking but it wouldn't allow you to do what's being proposed, right, if they transfer this license. So a consumption all license allows you to smoke. If you wanna have two floors of smoking and, or three floors, you'd be capable of doing that, but under an edibles license, you're not gonna be capable of doing that. You're gonna be restricted on the amount of space, square footage that you'd be capable of doing. Yeah, I understand that part, but I just, I'm curious if it's supposed to be separate, like if the, like, if technically edible and smoking is not taking place, supposed to take place in the same place. Because what you're mentioning, right, is that that's technically what the law says, is that they're not supposed to mix? Well, we're not saying that as a, there does need to be a, a separation, and so you are seeing that on the second floor, right? And so the second floor has an edible lounge, and adjacent to it, you have a smoking area. There, there's no wall, and, and Jessica, correct me if I'm wrong, in, in terms of the site plan, I don't have it up in front of me, and I've never visited um, the business, but um, I, I think it's just kind of an open flow um, between the two sections and the two areas. So um, there just needs to be a designation in terms of the site plan based off of the language that was approved. So for example, if you have a, 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 a space that has over 3,000 square feet, they're own, in an edibles license, they're only gonna be allowed 1,500, up to 1,500 max of space dedicated to smoking. So that needs to be laid out, okay, on a site plan. So that's where the restrictions come in, right? If you have a consumption all license, that's saying that you can have smoking in pretty much more than the 1,500 square feet that's being proposed. <coughs> Any other questions? Commissioner Hang. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Danny. I had a question. If, if they're able to, if the commission votes so that they don't forfeit the other license, what benefit is it for them to even have two licenses at the same time? Um, that would really be something that the applicant, you know, can respond to. I wouldn't want to assume, but essentially you'd have two licenses at the same location that um, it is, is not what has been approved um, at any other license or location uh, before the commission. It's not in the spirit of it. Um, you know, the, the spaces um, are supposed to be uh, separated and that's what was proposed and approved before. Um, and so, you know, that would be something that I would uh, really just defer to the applicant to provide some context on. And to add to that, um, again, we defer to the applicant as to their intent, and we don't want to speculate, but a potential could be to keep the two licenses and then later seek to transfer that license to another location while it's actually currently non-operational anyway. So that kind of goes to our understanding that that's not within the spirit of the ordinance. 
to allow to do that. And one more clarification, if I may, that um, if the edible license is forfeited, as the staff recommends, there, there wouldn't be a wait list on that one. What's the last thing you said? There wouldn't be a wait list. Mr. So uh, since, since the smoking area is being, basically the third floor is being now turned into a smoking area, does that mean that the equipment has to go through the process? Uh, and do we, do, no, I think the, the third floor is be becoming a smoking area, right? Right, well, so this change, they'll increase the smoking area, correct? Correct, and, and they would be required to uh, obtain mechanical permits through our building and safety division, inspected by building and safety. So then they, does that mean that yeah, they have to work it over, basically get that equipment uh, changed or upgraded or? Uh, well, depending of, of what they are going to be installing, however, they're gonna be modifying. The code doesn't specify the type of system that they need to incorporate, but rather is general that they need to ensure that the odor emanating from the establishment or from the business doesn't go beyond the property line. So you cannot detect it from outside their controlled area. And in, in the application, did the applicant provide any details uh, what they're gonna do with the yeah. equipment? Um, I'm sorry. Um, in the business, in the staff report, there was a packet of the order control of the existing equipment and what they're proposing in the future. And that is something that also, um, if it's approved, that we will, uh, building and safety will go out there to inspect and as well, code enforcement will go out there to make sure that there's no order. Um, also in their approved resolution, there's language there that indicates that if the mechanical equipment that they have or um, the um, equipment that they implemented does not work, then they need to either stop the smoking or stop the operations until they find a solution to the problem. Okay, thank you. I have a question of staff. Um, am I remembering correctly that there's a patio area or a deck area off the second floor? Yes, you're correct. What is allowed to be used on that area? Smoking. You're allowed to smoke outdoors? Yes. And what, what kind of protections for the neighbors or residents near there with the smoke? This is along the frontage on Santa Monica Boulevard, so it's not, it's not on the rear area that is closest to residential, so this is on the boulevard. Okay, um, is the applicant present? Yes. You'll have five minutes to make your presentation. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners, and thank you to city staff for continuing to work with us on this project. So I have some slides here. I'm going to speed through some of them so I can um, address some of the questions and things that maybe aren't clear. Um, but I did want to give a little bit of overview of who the artistry is, what we've been doing up to this point. I'm Lauren Fontaine, one of the owners and founder, and this is my partner, Aviv, also a founder of the artistry. Um, so I'll ask, next slide, please, Jessica. So we've been operating since 2019 as a retailer, and we opened our consumption lounge in 2022 um, with smoking on the second floor, edibles only on the third floor, as you've heard. Next slide, please. 
We've been continually owned and operated by the same ownership team since we applied. I think this is really an important distinction because there's been a lot of license transfers in the city where the people who are on the application were here today. We plan to continue operating it for a long time. Next slide. We have a track record of operating compliantly, being fiscally responsible, and really reflecting WeHo's diverse and inclusive culture. Next slide. Um, so our current facility is three stories, as you heard. The first floor has our retail area. The first floor also has a separate room, which is where we're requesting to move the edible-only consumption license. That's shown in that middle picture. So in this space, we can do tasting events. We can do meet and greet events. Um, it's a unique experience for people to be able to sample edible products or enjoy a cannabis beverage. Um, you know, kind of t in tandem with shopping. So we think that there really is a viable use of that space as an edible-only area. And, and importantly, it's separate and distinct from the operation that we're running on the second and third floors where there's a smoking lounge. It's a more traditional lounge experience. What we're doing on the first floor is more for special events, kind of uh, tastings, meet and greets, that kind of stuff. So it really, in terms of the operation, it's very different than what we're, what we're doing on the second and third floor. Admittedly, from what Danny said, we could operate it with the same license, and I think we want to talk a little bit about why we're requesting this in a moment, but it is a separate and distinct operation in our minds. And then the bottom image is our current second floor. So that's our smoking lounge. It operates like a restaurant with table service. There's a full dining menu. And the third floor is our studio space where we have art and wellness classes and private events. Next slide. Um, and one of the things that distinguishes the artistry from the other lounges is a lot of our programming. So we really wanted to make it a community gathering space and not just all about cannabis. And these are examples of some of the events that we host. Next slide. This is some of our artwork and our art curator. Next slide. Um, and I also just wanted to point out we've been very involved in the city, supporting local nonprofits, serving as a donation drive center, and participating in Pride, Halloween, and National Night Out. Next slide. Okay, so to get into why are we making this request? Why do we think it's suitable to move the edible-only license to the first floor and have the second and third be smoking consumption? This is actually an excerpt from our application. So you can see when we applied, we envisioned having all of the licenses in one facility. We had a separate edible consumption lounge and retail on the first floor of the building. We had smoking consumption on the second floor, and we wanted that to be more of a performance venue style space. Um, and so this is what we applied under. This is what we were scored based on. This is why the city selected us as one of the winning applicants. So I think it's really important for you to know that this is in the spirit of our application and the cannabis program to request this. Um, additionally, we want to deliver on what we promised when we applied. So as you probably know, state law right now doesn't allow us to sell non-infused food. And this is part of the reason why we haven't been able to open a full-fledged restaurant with either of these lounge licenses. But we still want to do that and deliver on what we promised. And as you've seen, the artistry has really stayed true to what we applied under. You see our build-out, you see the concept, what we've put forth. We've really delivered on what we applied under to the city, and we believe that we can still do that with this edible license. And we would like the opportunity in the future to be able to open a full-fledged restaurant once the law changes. 
There's also a new assembly bill that's been proposed this year, so we're hoping 2024 is the year that finally the state does allow lounges to sell food. And so it's very realistic that we could be opening the Edible Lounge as a restaurant in the future that truly would be in line with our application and what the city's vision was for these lounge licenses. Also, as you heard, that license does not cascade. So there's no waiting list. So if we don't operate that edible lounge license, nobody will. And the city will just lose the opportunity to have a proven operator running a cannabis restaurant in the city in the future. So I think that's a really important thing to consider as well, is that it's not going to sell enough. You're five minutes up, unless the chair would like to give the applicant additional time. Do you need more time? Uh, yeah, I just had a... One more minute. I just had one last point on that. The other thing I wanted to mention is that there is precedent for the commission approving business models that don't conform to the screening application. So we've seen a lot of transfers in ownership. I just wanted to give the example of Aon. They applied with this beautiful spa concept. They ultimately transferred their license to Off the Charts, who now is operating a store in that facility. It doesn't have the lounge that Aon proposed. It doesn't have the spa services. It doesn't have any of the things that Aon was really awarded their license based on, but the commission still chose to approve it and allow that operator to operate there. So we think you know, we have a much better case for why we should have the edible license on that first floor and the smoking lounge license on the second and third floors. Okay, thank you. Do any commissioners have any questions of the applicant at this time? Commissioner Rang? Okay. Um, <laughs> First off, I want to say that I was part of what happened with Aon. Um, that's not true. They actually are opening a lounge. In fact, uh, I believe it's set to open sooner rather than later. Up until now, it's only been retail, but I do understand that they will be opening a lounge. Um, something that I'm curious about, well, I guess there's a few things. You started this location with the edible license, but it seems that you have both. Was that because you got the edible first? Like, why not just start with the smoking, um, the smoking license at your current location? I can help answer that. So, look, as you guys know, and I think you had a lot of different lounge operators come before you, there has been a lot of moving parts. There's been changes to the state level. There's been different ordinances that have been proposed, whether you can serve food, not serve food, infusion, no infusion. Um, the, the location that we're in right now, 8625, um, excuse me, uh, the second and third floors became available during COVID when uh, Bodies by Simone, which was a gym that was operating on the second and third floor, went out of business during COVID. It did not have the kitchen that we wanted to operate. It did not kind of meet the, the requirements of what we wanted, but at that time, uh, the city had changed the ordinance to allow a smoking area. That space became available. We said, okay, well, maybe we'll use that location for our edibles only license, kind of test the water, see how that would all work while, while we still intended. And I think both Lauren and I and, and the other founders, we still absolutely intend to open something with a full kitchen when the state when the state allows for it. And so we put we put that license there with the intent of using the call it full smoking lounge elsewhere to do a larger scale operation with a kitchen, larger smoking area and all of that. Um, but through through some of the, the faltering of the, the state regulations, we weren't able to execute on that, and that's why now we're proposing to move it here. But the hope is that ultimately we still would be able to build a full smoking lounge elsewhere, or the, move the edibles lounge elsewhere where we could build a full kitchen and have a, a more full service operation. Or anything to add on that? 
Um, no, I think you covered it. Yeah, it's just a lot of moving pieces. And maybe I can just give some color to uh, the conservatory, what happened there, because I know some people ask. So conservatory, we had a plan to partner with them and bifurcate the space. So part of it would be able to have alcohol and be the restaurant. And that would still have to be sold by them due to current law. And part of the space would be cannabis consumption. We were working with the owner. And then because of their financial situation, that no longer became a viable option for us. So that's why we couldn't move forward with conservatory. Um, and now, you know, are looking to have the smoking lounge license in our current building. And, and at the time that we submitted for a business license application on that property, they were marketing it unofficially. So we, we had we, we'd, uh, uh, come to an agreement with them on a partnership, and that's why we submitted under that. But ultimately, their financial situation didn't allow for them to, to hold up their end of the bargain. And so we were looking for other partners through that time, which um, we just weren't able to find. And, and Commissioner Yusperov? Can you elaborate on the changes to the uh, smoke uh, mitigation and the HVAC system? That will... Yeah, so I can speak to that. Um, so first and foremost, the, the uh, odor control system that we have on the second floor currently, that was fully licensed, it was permitted, it was inspected, just wanted to clear the air on that. There was no, there's nothing that is unpermitted, that, that was all installed, permitted, inspected, and all of that. Um, we are, our odor control system really has two major pieces. One is an ionization system. So it's a system by which ions are infused into a central HVAC system. And those ions, is basically what they do is they take the particulate and they agglomerate it so that then they can be filtered out more easily. We actually have already installed that on the third floor. We did that. Uh, when we did when we did our smoking lounge on the second floor, we also installed that on our third floor so that when people are consuming edibles only, they would also have the benefit of deodorized air. Um, so that will remain in place. In addition to that, we'll add a uh, activated carbon filtration system to the existing third floor HVAC system. Um, so the second floor system, which is already in place, that will stay exactly as is because the square footage of the smoking area is exactly what it was. Um, to my knowledge, we haven't had ever a complaint about odor, whether in the space or out of the space. So I think that system has been effective. We're making, we're not proposing any changes to that. But on the third floor, in addition to the ionization system, we would add an additional uh, activated carbon system, which would be integrated to its existing uh, HVAC system on the third floor, which is separate from the, sec from the second floor HVAC system. Have you seen the complaints letters that we got uh uh, before this meeting uh, about the jet fan on the roof? And, uh. I, uh, I, I saw just just today, um, that is the second floor odor control system. So that is uh, the system that supports the second floor existing system. Uh, this was not a complaint that we had ever heard prior to today. We're, this was a permitted system that I, I don't think um, uh, violates any of the city's regulations, but we're also happy now that we know about it to, to put up some sort of a barrier for sound. Uh, 
keep in mind also that that I assume that this came from the residential building immediately behind the the property, which that that was uninhabited when we opened our lounge. So that that building was under construction. We opened our lounge, and so they they those residents are newer than I believe our lounge is. But again, we're happy to work with them on putting some sort of muffler on it. But that that system is the existing. Uh, exhaust fan system that is part of the second floor odor control. On the third floor, we're proposing something a little bit different where we're integrating with the existing HVAC fan system. So there would be no additional fan noise as a result of the third floor system that we're doing. It would be exactly the same. But the second floor system, if, if it's something that, uh, you know, that the, our neighbors are not happy about, we're happy to, to look into ways to mitigate that. You think there is a way to, to put some kind of a sound barrier, or you think there is mechanically possible? Uh, look, anything anything is possible. We could, I mean, we could build a room around it. It's you know physically possible. I think there's we'd have to just work with our engineers to understand what kind of barriers need to be put there um, and what what we could do. I mean. If I'm if I'm thinking about it properly, and again I'm not not an engineer, but maybe just a sound wall that goes up on our mechanical patio, because our mechanical patio, if you look at it, it's kind of an L shape. This is the mechanical patio, and there's a building that sits right here, and so my, I would imagine that the sound just kind of echoes right into there, and so perhaps by just putting up a sound barrier wall right there, it would mitigate a lot of that noise. Um, I, I would imagine that would be pretty um, inexpensive to do, but we'd have to consult with our architects and engineers and also the planning department. I know, you know, even when we put up a shed in the back there, there was some concerns that we weren't allowed to do that. So we, we want to make sure that we're, we're being compliant there as well. And there was one more complaint about the open trash being overfilled and then there are some rats in the, in the area. There, we, we have had some significant challenges with our uh, with our trash hauler. It, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the parking lot there, but you basically have to go through one parking lot to get to our parking lot, and uh, the trash haulers are often unable to back their cars in to get there, and so oftentimes they just wouldn't pick up our trash. It's been a big problem that we've had since we've moved in. Um, we've developed a protocol now where on trash day we actually roll our trash bins all the way out ourselves to make sure that they get picked up but uh, this is this is a big issue that we've had with Athens where their guys just refuse to pick up our trash um, and when when did you guys develop that product protocol about a two years ago I want to say a year and a half two years ago um, it's the the building design and just the alley design make it very difficult for them to get their trucks in there and so their guys would just refuse to do it, and they would just wouldn't pick up our trash, but we're now having regular trash pickup. I don't think we've had an issue over the last year and a half, two years. Okay, and is there a way maybe to increase the size of the trash bin? Or? I'm sorry? In to increase the size of a trash bin, is that possible maybe one our, of the solutions? Our, our trash enclosures can only fit what's there, and generally with, with twice a week pickup, it was more than enough. The problem was that we would sometimes go two weeks without having trash pickup and we would call them we would have our guys standing out there say hey, look if you guys got a problem we'll help you and they just refuse it's a it's a challenge that we've had with Athens okay and um, there was something about the sink uh, well, this, the kitchen sink in the trash area and you have a kitchen sink in that trash area that uh, no that that was uh, that was um, noticed by Jessica and her team that 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 they that, that was not a permitted use for that area so we've had that since relocated to the third floor within the building and the trash enclosure is being used as a trash enclosure again okay, okay. thank you commissioner
Okay, actually, I, this is kind of a two-parter. I don't know, can we involve Scott Schmidt here, or is that not a possibility? We, we, no, have, no, we have no I objection to I guess I'm asking yeah. the city that, if I have a question for Scott, is that possible? Scott, are you well, part you of the Well, you guys discuss that. I'll, I'll continue. And Okay, so I'm hearing you say that, that in 2024, there's a possibility that state law could change that would allow you to mix, which I highly endorse because I don't think it makes any sense at all. You know, when you smoke, you get the munchies, right? That's like, a, that's a, which I don't, but I know that that's actually <laughs> conventional wisdom. Um, it would seem that part of what you're wanting with this to maintain your second license is to roll into the period in which you can utilize that second license for a different location. I, I don't not understand, or I understand that. Um, I guess, I don't know if this is for the city or, or what, but if, if indeed we have been talking about allowing extensions, because I understand right now you had two years and two six-month extensions, is that correct? So the, the applicant had two years from business license commission approval. They have up to uh, two six-month extensions. Um, however, um, their February 1st uh, due date of this year would be their two years. Um, and in order to request an extension, you have to show significant and diligent progress in terms of doing so. Um, and so the applicant did come to us, we have been in discussions, um, and made the request to transfer that consumption all license because there was some difficulty with their landlord and the locations, and I think that's kind of been discussed with the commission in terms of where they were at. So rather than losing that consumption all license, um, the applicant made the request to transfer to their existing um, operations and location and so staff did consider that with the city attorney's office and uh, is recommending that occur in terms of what was originally discussed and then after that the discussion evolved in terms of saying well we would like to keep our existing consumption edible license just on the first floor and with the transfer being able to operate and utilize that on the other two levels then can I ask, why didn't you just ask for the extension? Look, the reality is that we're, we, we're doing what we say we're going to do, and to ask for an extension on a building that we had no intention to move into, the, the, the conversation with them had broken down on the conservatory. Um, and we're happy to have it where, you know, in, in our existing building. Um, there is value to us to move the smoking all license into our 8625 building because we get additional smoking area. So that gives us some value now. And then down the line, I think, you know, on that first floor space, we really intend to use that as kind of a testing grounds of whether it's going to be a coffee shop concept or some other concept. We can test it, we can validate it, and then we can move into some, some other location if the state law changes. I think, you know, for, for me at least, it's important because we've, participate in a lot of these business license commission hearings. We know a lot of these licenses are trading hands. This is not just like a delay tactic so that we can go flip this license to someone else. Like we're the people that were on the 2018 application. We want to build what we want to build. We're not just trying to like hold on to this for no reason. Frankly, to, to Danny's point, within the existing building, with just the smoking all license, we could do all of the same stuff. There is no value in that edibles license being in this particular location other than it gives us an opportunity 
opportunity to kind of test some concepts. And hopefully in a year when, there, when there's a change to the state law, we'll be able to, to deliver on, on a real restaurant concept. But if we lose it now, then the city, then, then that license gets forfeited completely. It doesn't go to the next person on the wait list because it's an edibles license. The, the, the other consumption lounge licenses, if we were to forfeit it, then it would go to someone else. This one will go to no one. And so really the decision that we're making here, or you guys are making here in my mind, is whether you let us have this li the second license in the same building with the belief that we will at some point deliver on our promise to build a full, uh, full restaurant concept, or we just let it go and it's for sure then not going to be anything. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I have a question. Is it possible, the original edible license that's on the first floor, is there a way for you to give up that one and take transfer the new one? To that, the that is what staff is recommending. Oh. Okay. That is what staff is recommending. Oh, here we go. Okay. So you, there is no, you have no option or anything in mind for a, a, another location to partner with like conservatory. In other words, there is no talk of any other collaborations in that, in that way. We, we have been reaching out to, to a lot of different partners, and the challenge right now is with the uncertainty of the state law, it's, it's really difficult to get anybody to talk to you. There was a lot of conversation happening when we were, when, when that latest uh, state law was gonna go into effect that would have allowed us to have food, then everybody was willing to talk to us. But as soon as that changed, then everybody said, look, there's, we're, we're just, we, can't, we can't have that conversation now. And so I would imagine that in a year from now, hopefully that, that's, that law gets revived and it gets pushed through and that conversation can happen again, which is part of what our hope is. Um, but at this point, no one's really willing to talk to us. Okay, sorry. And then, and then additionally, when, when staff, when you say that there is no wait list, and Mr., I'm sorry, I forgot your last name. Um, when you say that there, you know, that that license just goes away, I don't, I mean, that's actually not true, right? I mean, we would ideally try to get, if you're not uh, awarded that second license, it would, there is, like, that license doesn't go away. We would try to shop it or give it to another entity, correct? So, so no, it, we, we just clarified that, and actually I was mistaken in terms of, of mentioning that that would go on to uh, some sort of wait list. Um, it looks like uh, in our municipal code, um, the only license that is precluded from um, being placed on a wait list is in edibles, um, ingestion license. The other licenses, if they do become available, would go on a wait list. Um, essentially, and when, you have a request um, for like this. We, we haven't seen this, um, but you know this is the first of its kind. And so staff certainly wanted to be as flexible as possible um, in allowing the business an opportunity to expand its its operations. Um, you know we have not had a business, and because there would be no need in terms of having two licenses um, at one location. If there was an adjacent um, parcel, a separate property that was next door, or you know, even on another uh, block or street that was uh, open and available, and the applicant was willing to secure that and proceed, uh, which is what they were trying to do under the consumption all license, um, then that's something obviously right that you would approve from a consumption perspective, and they would operate there. Um, and so, if 
they had a consumption all license, let's say, in their current location, and let's say they were looking for a location for their edibles, we would not be recommending um, as staff that that transfer even occur at all because there would be no benefit because the consumption all license would cover everything. The only reason why we're considering this and that we made the recommendation is because there's a benefit and an expansion of their current operations in terms of why they would be transferring. But again, now that you're transferring the consumption all license, it's covering all aspects now. Um, edibles, smoking, et cetera. Um, so there, again, would be no need um, to have a consumption edibles license. So it's the original the edible license that's being given up. Correct. That's what staff's okay. recommendation is, um, yeah, to the okay. commission. I, can we just have a question? Um, if we were to support the um, staff's recommendation and deny the extra edible lounge, when the, let's assume that the state eventually passes for food and stuff like that, would you still be able to do that under those circumstances, not having the original edible license? Not, not at the existing location that we have because I don't think that that facility could support a full kitchen. It just doesn't really have the space for it. And then we would only have one license. So unless we were willing to vacate the second and third floors and move that somewhere else, which frankly at this point with the millions of dollars we've put into that building, I don't think we would. We, we just wouldn't, we'd be stuck with what we had. So my question to you then would be, if you were allowed to keep both, what happens then if you find another space, like, would, so you would want 8625 or 86 whatever to maintain the all license, correct? But would there be a circumstance under which you would want to trade? Like in other words, you'd want to keep edible there and move the all somewhere else. I'm trying to figure out, I guess, if the opportunity to have another business exists, what you're saying now is that you'd like the edible license to, to move. But if that is like, if that's not the case, how would it work if you wanted to swap? If does that question make I, sense? I, I understand the question clearly. Um, we don't know what we don't know. So I, I think that that's the honest truth. I think at, at this point it would be easiest to just move the edibles license because that's only 400 square feet at the bottom. We'd, we'd just vacate that, probably make it more retail space and move that other license over. Uh, probably a better question for staff whether you know, we could unwind what we're talking about doing today, make the third floor back into an edible space and kind of move the, the smoking all license to another location. Is it possible? I suppose it's conceivable if for whatever reason we found the perfect location and it needed that other license. But from, from where we sit today, I, I can't foresee a likely scenario where we would want to move the smoking all license as opposed to the smoking edibles license. I think the smoking edibles license based on what we've seen in the market is sufficient to kind of meet the, the needs there. But it, it, we'd really have to see what, what the circumstances were at the time. In this request for to maintain both licenses, and, I, and this is probably as much for the city as for you, is there a time frame that goes along with it? I, I, I don't understand the question. Well, if you are trying to, okay, so say for instance you want to maintain both licenses and you want to keep it in the location that you have now. If you find another location and you found it next month, does the timing of it matter at all? In other words, 
you're saying that you're not trying to maintain or like float two licenses, but it does seem a bit like you're trying to ride out what the state is doing. I understand that, I, I really do. Um, but if you say, for instance, the law doesn't pass this year, then I guess indefinitely are you trying to maintain the two licenses? Or would it be a situation in which after a year, no viable situation comes up to move it? Because that makes the difference between an extension and not, right? This, what it really does seem like you're doing, I understand your test concept uh, explanation, it makes sense, but also there is an amount of your trying to maintain both. So I guess I'm curious what happens if the law doesn't change, then what? I mean, do you wanna just indefinitely maintain these two licenses at this location? So I'd like to point out, and Lauren mentioned this, and she had an excerpt from our initial application. Our initial application contemplated having all licenses within a single plaza. That was what we said we were going to do. It's why we were awarded a license. And so I'd like to just clarify that even if we kept those indefinitely in the same building, that is consistent with our screening application and consistent with what we were approved to do. Um, now. The reality is that I don't know what the what the fee is per per license. I think it's like five thousand dollars a year. So we would be spending five thousand dollars a year to the city to keep this license alive that we weren't doing anything with. So at some point we'd want to pull the plug on it potentially, maybe. But uh, you know, I think we would for for some period of time we we certainly would would wait to see if there was some change to the state law where we could really deliver on what we wanted to do to begin with. I have a question. I'm, I think I'm missing something here. You just said that you wouldn't be able to have a kitchen in this current location. We would no, not. No, no, not, there's, no. Not space. there's not space for a kitchen here. So if the law changed and you were allowed to eat regular things, where would you have that? We, we would likely find another location that had an existing kitchen and we would propose to move the edibles uh, lounge license to that other location that had a kitchen. So you would move it? Yes. Yes. And, if, and if, it does, if the law doesn't change for a couple of years still? So we would be operating a licensed lounge in our, you know, there wouldn't be an issue from the city's standpoint. We'd be paying the annual licensing fee. We would be renewing. We would just be operating our edible lounge at that facility along with also operating the other lounge. So we could continue doing that indefinitely if we didn't end up relocating. And we currently operate four licenses in that building. We have an, an adult use retail, a medical, a delivery, and currently the edibles only lounge license. So we currently operate four licenses in that building. This would be adding a fifth, and we would pay our licensing fees for that. And I, I guess the answer to the question is, you know, somewhat indefinitely, we may, we may continue to operate in that way, the same way we have those four other licenses in that same building. Danny, could you elaborate a little bit more on why the staff is not supporting this? Um, so, it, it, basically, it's not in the spirit of the ordinance. The consumption lounge, lounge uh, licenses or the consumption um, licenses, those are the only two similar types uh, that we have. Um, when you have adult use, delivery, um, you know, those types of licenses um, can't, and you see that in other establishments, they operate within the same location. But from a consumption perspective, again, having two licenses um, from an edible, there's no need to have an edible consumption license if you have a consumption all license. 
because again, the consumption all license covers all elements of consumption. So it, it made sense, as you've seen, that's been approved by the applicant in the past in terms of what was originally proposed. The concept was the edibles um, consumption lounge, which did allow, but from a restrictive perspective, ancillary smoking um, at that location. And then the applicant was to secure a separate location for the consumption all license. And we've heard some background from the applicant. I know we heard from Commissioner Hang in terms of some of the history as it related because that location and the change for that consumption all license came before the commission at different times. So as we were nearing the February 1st timeframe and we had met with the applicant in advance of that, as we have been meeting with other applicants as well in terms of informing them, you have a due date that is nearing. And where are you at in terms of the status of finding either another location or operating in terms of where you had proposed based off your approval? So when the applicant proposed to the city, hey, we want to transfer our consumption all license to the current operation with the hopes of being able to expand and maximize based off of the decisions that have been made recently at the state level that just you know, haven't, haven't been approved and haven't passed yet. And so that is the reason why this is being brought forward. Again, the city is recommending that the consumption all license be allowed to transfer, which again would cover all of the activities associated with the business currently and allowing them to expand. If there was state legislation and nobody has a crystal ball and nobody can tell the future um, in terms of what's gonna be passed potentially or not, um, but if and when, and we hope that it does, the city hopes for that, um, whenever that does occur, whatever you know, edible licenses were able to be secured and are in operation um, would be able to take advantage of that state legislation. And I'm sure there may be potentially some sort of conversation that may occur, again, I don't know, um, if that's the will of the city council to consider in terms of potentially open up, opening up some sort of process in the future as it relates to uh, consumption edibles and allowing that based off of whatever state legislation may come in place. But there's, we don't know. Um, and so, you know, whether it's one year, two years, three years, the uncertainty, uh, we just don't know. We'll continue to advocate as a city um, as we have in the past. Um, but that is essentially the reason why though um, we are recommending the recommendations brought forward is that there would be no need to have uh, two consumption uh, licenses because one would essentially cover all the activities that would be associated with the business. I have a follow-up question. So that redundant license um, and that there's a deadline uh, February 1st, but then after that it doesn't go to the wait list, it basically disappears. Uh, is there a reason not to extend it furthermore or or would it that, does it have to come from the applicant? Maybe give them another year or two uh, until they find a, a suitable location for that second license? So the second license in terms of the due date right now only applies to the consumption all. 
The operators have already been approved for the consumption edibles at their current location. So there wouldn't be any allowance in terms of any sort of extension that you would be able to provide. Um, the only thing that can be done right now and it's being considered is the consumption all license. And that is the license that has the February 1st um, due date approval. Um, so again, that's the reason why this item is being brought before you and the rest of the commission is to consider transferring that consumption all license to its current location. And you recommend that part of it. That is staff's yes. recommendation, yes. it's the yes. second edible only that um, there's to give up and that would not go on any kind of waiting list. That would just disappear. Correct. May, may I add something? Um, what Danny said is correct and so it's, it's unfortunate. Had we never opened that edibles lounge on the second and third floor, then we would be eligible for an extension right now. And because, because we opened it, and now we're moving the other license here, because it was opened, now we will have to forfeit a license before some other people that never opened their, their edibles lounge licenses. So quite simply, they cannot get an, apply for an extension because they don't have a possible location to move the edible license to. Is that correct? They, in other words, would be able to ask for an extension if there was a location. But because there isn't, that's why they can't get an extension? So the edibles license is not up for an extension because it is currently operating in its current location. But the if we only license... Hold, hold on. Um, and, and I'm sorry, and I'm... I know you're going back and forth, the commission's going to the applicant, and then you're coming back to staff. Really, you should be asking questions of the applicant, and then once you've asked those questions, then you follow up and you begin to ask questions back to staff. But we're trying to make this dialogue as productive as possible. And so, just to respond to that, so the only extensions that are applicable here would be to the consumption all license. So they have that February 1st uh, due date, right? But in order to qualify for that, currently, you need to demonstrate significant and diligent progress towards that consumption all license. There isn't diligent or significant progress um, aside from them coming before the commission again. And if approved this evening, then in addition to that, the applicant would have to submit plans and get started very quickly in terms of the process from a building and safety perspective as it relates to odor control and their mechanical permit that they need. So once they fulfill that, then actually that would allow us to now consider and review and approve an extension for their consumption all license. So that February 1st due date for the consumption all, if approved this evening and they submit plans to building and safety would allow us to grant them a six month extension to finalize the work that's needed there to, to expand onto the third floor. Okay. Okay. Can I just clarify with you, Danny, during that time period, does our current edible license continue so we can continue the current operations until the everything's approved by building and safety for the odor control for the smoking license? Yes, that, that is definitely something that we, we would allow, okay. yes. Okay, I'm going to close this section. Okay, Commissioner Hang. Thank you, Chair. Um, I appreciate your presentation. Thank you for coming. Um, you're able to answer questions, and now I understand um, as to the why you want to keep uh, both licenses. Um, you guys are in a pickle of a situation. It's all a timing issue. 
which is very unfortunate. Um, but I just had a question going back to my timeline, right? So when did discussions with conservatory break down? I'm, I'm trying to, it was, it was I, I believe it was approximately six months to a year after the business license hearing that we had that was that approved that I and and those conversations were ongoing I mean we, we had we had come to an agreement with them in principle but a lot of the work hadn't been ironed out we were still figuring out how to bifurcate the space and some of it was as we got into the development of what needed to be done physically to separate the space so that we could both operate, have separate entrances, exits, fire exits, all of that kind of stuff, it, the, the cost to build it started to balloon and that kind of fell apart really for the last year, year and a half we've been looking for other partners. So that, that deal died a while ago um, and in the interim we've been looking for other partners of people that we could work with other locations that we can move into so it's not that over this last two years that you know we've just been working with them it, that I think your timeline is correct that they they had kind of moved on from our deal and I think found somebody that was just going to take over the entire space um, but in that time we were looking for for another partner that we just weren't able to find unfortunately so when did you go to the city and say hey this deal did not go through and keep the city up to date. Because if I'm reading the commission packet, it just seems like nothing was done. And then this is kind of a last minute spur to save you know, the, the, the situation. I, I was not aware that we, we were un, required to update them that things were not happening. I think my understanding was we had to update them when we said, hey, look, there's a new, new opportunity here. And we were, we were frantically looking for other partners to partner with and we were hoping to be able to come to the city with an opportunity to say hey this is this is what uh, we'd, we'd like to do and it was frankly in a meeting with Jessica and I think Danny that, that we kind of were talking through some of the challenges we were having and this this concept of relocating the the, um, the lounge license the all license to the existing building that that kind of came up in collaboration with conversations with staff so um, it Frankly, I just wasn't aware that we, we were to, to update the city when things were faltering. We were hoping to just deliver a new solution, which I guess it's more, for me, it's more of a due diligence because if my deadline is February 1st mm -hmm. and yet I am barely submitting an application in December of 2023, um, and then there was months in between, I guess that's what staff was sort of speaking to as sort of the due diligence in terms of maybe updating the city, what, what is being done, what's, what are you trying to do um, to help secure such and such location, et cetera. At least, so that's just the, the part where, I'm, you know, the ballpark where I'm coming from. But I do understand your situation, and unfortunately, it's, timing is just a pickle. Okay, I'm gonna close this section now. Uh, do we have any public, thank you for your thank presentation. You. Thank you. Do we have any public speakers? Yes, online, excuse me, <clears throat> we have Genevieve Morrow. Good evening, Madam Chair and Commissioners. Genevieve Morrill, President and CEO for the West Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, here to support artistry. I really want to stress how important this amendment is. You know, back five years ago when these lounges were envisioned, it was a much different economic environment. And back then, there was no pandemic to worry about, no state laws that would hinder the conceptual idea of infused food, et cetera. 
Taking all licenses into one space just makes financial and operational sense. And as artistry mentioned, having one location was their original vision. So it does go along with the envisioned in the original application process. Having two locations is unreasonable in this economic environment, in my opinion. And that's not from the applicant, that's just from me. What's really important to point out to you is that the reason the state bill was vetoed by the governor was due to a smoking area being a potential hazard to employees. So having an edibles-only lounge that becomes a restaurant, that if we can get food and beverage applied, is going to be probably what we can do with the state law in order to get it passed. So the idea that you could put this with the edibles and smoking may not be um, viable. We don't know yet. The issue of having two licenses just seems a technical issue and as it was mentioned, quote unquote, not in the spirit of the original concept, which as, um, as Warren pointed out, was the original concept, but it's a technicality in terms of two locations from the business license hearing. But I, I understand the technicality, I just don't understand the harm. What is the harm? What is it causing? What are the real issues that it was causing except you know, these technical issues are not meeting the requirement or the location or finding a new location. That, that it just doesn't make any sense. It, what, does it do anything to public safety? It's all contained within the restrictions of the cannabis license. Artistry was one of the first to take a chance on a consumption lounge regardless of these challenges. They deserve to be allowed to activate their final license and all the licenses that they are awarded as part of their already existing operations allowing a business to do what they do best in this space just makes good business sense. And our job should be to help this business be successful. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Genevieve. Are there any other public comments? Jessica? Okay. Next we have Scott Smith. Good evening, Chairman Eisenberg. Great to say that, and members of the commission. Scott Schmidt, I'm a resident of West Hollywood and executive director of Emerald Village, West Hollywood. I'm here to speak in support of the applicant's proposal, um, which would uh, relocate the full consumption lounge to the existing business and uh, keep alive the uh, existing edible-only lounge license. Um, I just want to go back to the 2018 application process. The artistry was an exemplary applicant. They were the only business to win all five license types. In their application, as Lauren said, they envisioned it all to be part of one, one complex. They were the first business to open an edible-only lounge in West Hollywood, and they were the first dispensary to open adult-use retail, and they've been excellent operators. They've taken this model here from West Hollywood, and they've expanded it to Ventura and Fresno and across Southern California. Uh, they're great operators. A lot has changed since 2018 when we did the application process. Not only um, in the cannabis market, things aren't what they were before. You know, dispensaries aren't bringing in 16 million. If they're lucky, they're getting three or four, right? Or six, as these other guys were bragging about earlier. Um, Consolidation is what we're talking about tonight, both with our first applicant, applicants and the second. Lowering the cost of operations and, and, and right-sizing the businesses from the original vision. And so 
you know, the economics of it have changed, but also the city ordinance has changed, and the city ordinance change, will probably change very soon. Since September, the cannabis industry and staff and the city council has been talking about updating the cannabis ordinance to provide further extensions um, to clarify what significant and diligent progress means because that is not defined in the code and no one really knows exactly what it is. Um, and all of those things may happen. It was supposed to come to council on December 18th and you notice the date and it, and it didn't and the date that the artist tree submitted their application was when they found out that any discussion about extensions at council wasn't gonna help them and so that's why they did it on this timeline. Possibly, I can't speak on their behalf, but that's my understanding. Um, so, what we have here is, is staff and the applicant are in agreement about moving that full license over to the existing location. The question is, what do we do with edible-only license? There's nothing in the city code that says that it has to be of a certain size. There are maximums, there's a 1,500 square foot limit for smoking, 50% of the, the space, but there's no minimum. And that's not in the ordinance. And so like a legal basis from that, we're talking about spirit. And I don't know whether there's a legal basis to talk about spirit. I think we should focus on what's in the ordinance and whether or not you want to keep that edible license alive. And I hope that you will do so. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Is there anyone else? Any more speakers? There are no more public speakers. Okay, I'll close the public comment section. Um, I just have one more question from for Danny. Um, are there any other um, applicants in the city or uh, operators in the city that have both the regular edible and the all edible in uh, the licenses same in, in the, the same, same location? location? No. Okay. Okay, Commissioner Yusparov. Uh, yeah, I have a question for staff. So, um, if my understanding that because the the edible license was already operational and existing that's why there is no such thing as extending it because it's already working and then all consumption is the one that was new and it's being transferred and so that one could have been extended but it's being asked to be transferred now it, it does seem uh, and and I, I i do get the idea of that this being a double license and not really in spirit um and maybe the applicant is trying to save the edible license uh from uh, disappearing, but since um, it's not going back to the wait list, and does it does it mean that there will be one less license in the city altogether, or will it uh, somehow, in a other form or other type of license, come back to the wait list, or will will be there will will there be just one less license in the city? As it relates to the, the consumption edibles, yes, the one that's uh, that's the one that being denied, yeah. That that is correct. So there will be one less license. Correct. There will be one one less license. So then, uh, follow up question: What is the harm then to maybe maybe um, not the not to have this this location double licensed, but that edible uh, license to be in some kind of a pending. Uh, or maybe they will keep the license without actual location for the future use, and they will just keep paying the license fee until they want to either implement it or cancel it altogether. What would be the harm to the city to just keep that option with the applicant? 
Yeah, so the city does not have um, an opinion on, on what, you know, what would be the harm. I think staff has done a great job in terms of explaining to the commission the basis for their recommendation um, in terms of the, the duplication um, of license, whereas one obviously would cover all of its operations. So um, that is our position. That's our recommendation that we consulted with the city attorney's office as well. Um, in the spirit of the ordinance and how it's been adopted. So it's really up, Commissioner Yusupov, to you and the rest of the commissioners to make a decision as it relates to that. So just one more question. So then maybe this is for the city attorney. So basically it looks like the applicant is trying to get creative in order to save the second license. And that's, of course, uh, that's my that's what it looks like, right? And that's what creating this double licensing and, and of course the city recommending to deny that because that would be unnecessary. But is there any other legal way where they can preserve that license that they're losing and uh, maybe for the future use? Is there any way they can do that? Other than trying to, this, this way they, that, that's being tried now. So um, this issue is new and it, it there's no precedent to this, and there's, the code is silent as to this explicit situation, but the city um, attorney's office is in agreement with the staff's interpretation and application of the code as currently written, and is in agreement with the recommendation. And as uh, Mr. Rivas points out, there's no other businesses that have those two consumption licenses operating out of one location. And if the commissioners were to approve this, this would set a precedent and potentially allow for other applicants to try to transfer licenses out. And I can't speculate as to what would happen, but that is one issue that we do want to point out, that it would set a precedent. And the city's position is that it's unnecessary. The applicant admits that they can operate as proposed with one license and have everything going forward without that additional edible license. So, and it's our opinion that it's unnecessary and of course, um, we support Thank the you. city's I, staff's I decision. we'll start deliberating. If, uh, Commissioner Gulen, would you like to comment? Um, yeah, this is, this is a tough one because uh, I'm a business owner and I understand how hard it is to uh, have a business and anything you can do as a city to help a business succeed is, is important. And I also understand the staff's position and the attorney's position that we're bringing all these licenses there and it's not needed. Why keep it going? We don't know what the law will change to later. Um, the market's spoken now and for a year they've tried to have another business come in to try to make that license work and haven't been able to make it work. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards the staff recommendation of, 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 of what the recommendation of approving the, the one license and not the 001. Point of order, before we continue, if I can say that before we close this, uh, the, the applicant has two minutes for rebuttal. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Do you have anything you want to say? I wanted to clarify one thing. The question was asked, do any other businesses have both lounge licenses in the same location? No other businesses were awarded both license types. The artistry was the only applicant that applied and was selected as a winner. So there would be no other companies in this unique situation. So that's kind of why you know we have this unique opportunity 
but there is nothing in the city's code that says you can't have multiple licenses in the same building or in the same premises. Um, so, you know, you've mentioned not keeping with the spirit of the ordinance, but I don't really know what that means because there isn't anything in the code that would prohibit this. I don't know if you have anything to add. Yeah, same, same thing for me. I mean, I don't think we're asking for anything that violates any sort of code. It, it is the spirit of the law that we're talking about, and it seems like the spirit has been to allow other groups to extend and to wait this out. The spirit here seems that the city is willing to work with business owners to help us find ways to extend. If there was a technicality that said, oh, you can't have both in the same location, we would understand that, but it was in our screening application, and there's no, there's no laws against it. And there's no precedent that would be set because there's no other groups that could possibly co-locate because there's no other groups that have both licenses. So it, it seems here that, there, that there's, a, it, there's no harm to allowing this to happen and, and it would be in the interest of the business. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Hang. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, you know, I, I just don't know where I'm at right now. I. I I do understand the applicant's uh, dilemma. They're in a pickle of a situation. The timing is just terrible. Um, I will see uh, how my colleagues will vote and deliberate on this. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Yusperov. So it, um, as far as the approving the first part that was um, recommended by the city to be approved, um, um, I. I would be okay to approve it with the condition of those um, uh, noise mitigation changes where their, um, their HVAC system gets uh, um, revamped and reinspected and then the sound barrier um, put out uh, to that roof fan. So, and then also the, maybe the trash area handled uh, diligently. Um, as far as the second part where the staff recommends denial, I, I kind of regret uh, to see that that license goes nowhere. If there were other um, applicants or wait lists where that's, that can quickly uh, use that license, that would be understandable to move it on. But if it's just being lost because of the technicality, it kind of doesn't, doesn't really make sense. So, um, uh, and I already asked, I don't know if there is some way of uh, making it creatively possible to keep that license, but if the only way to keep the license by approving both, then maybe I'll be inclining to do so. Okay, Commissioner Hay. Yeah. Okay. Um, first off, Scott, Lowell was first, first in the nation, not artistry. Um, to the applicants, I will say, I do want to address uh, something along the lines of Commissioner Yusupov. I don't think you need an additional security guard, but you do need to train your employees to talk about parking and direct people. Um, I want to say that I want to support the applicants. I, I, I can tell that if it was possible to swap, you would do so. Um, I really don't love the idea of the precedent, so for the city staff to state that is completely understandable. I do see that you're saying that, that it's not actually possible because nobody else would be in your similar situation, but with precedence, it's not to say that that can't change. Um, I, I, I do support what you're asking for because I think, again, it doesn't really make sense as there isn't anyone vying for that license. I think if you were just trying to tie it up or sell it, that might, that might be a little 
more, I'd be a little less supportive of that. But it does truly seem that you do want to continue and open a separate location. And in essence, what this is, is asking for an extension that just, you just can't do because of the, the way that this is laid out. So I will be supporting what the applicant is asking for. Okay. Commissioner Cochran. I'm also inclined to support everything the applicant is asking for. Um, it would be a shame to see the license go to waste. Uh, businesses have been hurting for the last four years, three years, almost four years now. Um, so I think we want to do everything we can to help them. Um, and I know that city staff does a lot of work and looks into this a lot and to recommend things. Um, but it, to me, it didn't seem like there was a real valid issue to not grant it until the very last question when you said it sets a precedent. That is valid, um, but then like you said, no one else has, not that that can't change, but no one else has those two licenses. Um, so until that happens, it's not really an issue. And on top of that, all that's kind of happening is you're just paying the city an extra licensing fee. It's extra money to the city. So I don't know why the city would be against that. Um, so I'm, I'm inclined to support everything. Thank you, Commissioner Perry. Yeah, I recognize that uh, I recognize that the points that Genevieve from the chamber made and that Scott made uh, of the same were very valid ones. Uh, however, I I'm inclined to agree with the staff's recommendations um, because I am concerned about the precedent that it will make. Um, and while while the tree is the first to have the two licenses. Um, I, I think who's to say that there aren't going to be others in the future. Um, so I, I think that the, this case is a very unique one. Um, so as such, we got to treat it as a unique case and the, be, be conscious of the precedent that we're setting here. So as such, I'm, I'm inclined to support the staff's recommendation and not support the site. Thank you. Um, I'm also inclined to support the staff recommendation based on precedent. Um, I recognize artistry is a very successful business. They do a great job. Um, I definitely want to support the business. I'm, I'm glad, I was happy to hear that they were transferring the bigger license and giving up the smaller license. I'm not as concerned about losing an edible only license. I mean, what everyone is talking about on business conditions, getting bad, we don't know what the future is going to hold. It could. I, I don't like the idea of holding it in limbo for what could be several years. And it, as this whole area of business is very fluid, so many things could change. We could award more edible licenses in the future. We could put this on a waiting list in the future. Artistry could apply for it again. Um, you know, we, we just don't know what the futures hold and I'm reluctant to set a precedent on this so I would be inclined to support staff. Thank you. So, um, do we have a mo do we have a motion on this item? I think we need to move on. Okay. Does anyone want to make a motion? You support staff recommendation? Yeah. Okay. You make your own motion. motion you, you decide want. what you, you want to do. 
support the whole, to, uh, to uh, the applicant's request. Okay, I second. Okay, uh, can we have a roll call, Secretary? Okay, sorry, can you repeat the motion? The applicant's one, so they would get both the licenses. So what's coming before the, just for clarity. Um, <laughs> a motion to support the item as the applicant wants it. So that is to approve the relocation of the cannabis license to 8625 and revert the denial of the business license modification. Yes. Okay. Commissioner Berry? Nay. Commissioner Cochram? Yay. Commissioner Ng? Yes. Commissioner Hang? No. Commissioner Voling? No. Vice Chair Yusupov? Yes. And Chair Eisenberg? No. And the item does not pass. Do we have another motion? I'd like to make a substitute motion in favor of staff's recommendation. Second it. Okay. Can we have a roll call, Secretary? Commissioner Ang, is your microphone on? If the three of us voted to approve, and now the motion is to follow staff recommendation. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter either way. Okay, yeah. okay I got it. Okay, roll call, please, Secretary. Commissioner Barry? Aye. Commissioner Cockrum? Nay. Commissioner Ng? Nay. Commissioner Hang? Aye. Commissioner Voling? Aye. Vice Chair Yusupov? No. And Chair Eisenberg? Aye. And the item is approved. Thank you. Okay, we'll move on to the next item. Unfinished business. We have no unfinished business. Item nine is new business. We have no new business. Um, number 10, items from staff. Update Good to be provided by the Neighborhood and Business Safety Manager. Good evening, Theodore. Chair and Vice Chair, members of the Business License Commission. Um, given our first Business License Commission meeting of the year, wishing all of you a happy new year and a busy year ahead as we look forward to the future. Our next Business License Commission meeting will be Tuesday, February 6th. Please make a note of that on your calendar. We also, in February, anticipate bringing a, uh, I believe, um, Supervisor Benitez, a cannabis update, a cannabis compliance update. Is that correct? So um, that will be on your agenda in February. Um, I also wanted to just uh, conduct a follow-up to a request from Chair Eisenberg at the uh, comment that was made, and I think a follow-up to the uh, meeting that was held in November, which I was absent from. But this involved a question or a request related to extended hour uh, business licenses. And uh, staff has done some follow-up on that item. 
uh, in response to that request, and also whether, as part of that request, whether there should be a cap on the number of extended hour business licenses that the city issues. Um, staff did do some additional follow-up to be diligent with a request from the Business License Commission. And what we found uh, was that on January 11th of 2022, there was an update that was provided to the Business License Commission on extended hour business licenses. I note from that meeting that only three of our current uh, commissioners were present at that time. That was uh, Chair Eisenberg, Vice Chair Yusupov, and also Commissioner Vulin. So um, staff has a copy of said report as well as the minutes. We will distribute that to the commission so you can all be in the loop. We also note that in that update that was provided to the commission, there were um, th there was information that was provided that talked about changes that have been made uh, historically starting in 1996 relating to um, uh, regulations and the municipal code uh, amendments related to extended hour uh, business licenses. And I might add that the, there was, you'll see this in your packet when you get it, but uh, importantly in 2017 and notably, um, there was an amendment that was um, approved by the City Council to have uh, extended hour business licenses go to the Business License Commission and not the City's Planning Commission, uh, or at that time, uh, Community Development Department. And there was also a reduction in the fee that was charged for these types of licenses, uh, a reduction of over 70%, 76% from about $7,000 in fees to about 1,700. So the process was intended through those amendments to streamline and uh, reduce the cost for the issuance of extended hour licenses. So there is, there has been no cap uh, placed on these types of licenses by uh, the City Council. I might add, as the Commission is well aware, extended hour business licenses are brought to the Commission for review and approval. They are um, also a public process where the adjacent neighborhood can also show up to the Commission and provide feedback and input to the Commission as part of that process. I will also further add that we have code enforcement staff working in the city seven days a week. And when we get complaints about a license or a business that has an extended hour uh, business license, we closely monitor that, not only for the conditions of approval that have been issued as part of that license, but also if there are calls for service to the sheriff's department, if there are crime issues, those are all sensitive issues that we monitor as part of this process. And if we see a license that is triggering those types of impacts, we take appropriate measures to not only address it, but it also includes bringing that license to the commission for potential uh, further consideration, including revocation of the license if they're not complying with the conditions of approval. So I did want to uh, share this update with the commission tonight. Um, as part of our process to ensure that um, we did some diligence in this and found some information for you. So I will, uh, subsequent to this meeting, send all of you uh, an email with a copy of this information for you to see what the previous uh, material was that was presented to the commission. Um, that's all I have, unless uh, Supervisor um, Benitez has any additional information to share with the commission tonight. 
Um, we look forward to the meeting in February. And uh, thank you so much for uh, all the work that we did last year and looking forward to this year uh, and the year ahead with uh, lots of good work uh, with the commission. Thank you. Thank you, Vito. Jessica, did you have anything more? No, I don't. Thank you. Okay. Do we have any more uh, public comment speakers? There are no public comments. Okay. Um, any, do any of the commissioners want to share anything? All right. Okay, Commissioner Rang. Just want to make everyone aware that we, all of the residents of the city, were sent this zone text amendment uh, proposal or change proposal, which essentially affects uh, rental and short-term rental in the city. The deadline is February 2nd. I know there are some homeowners or some owners here, and I think that uh, pretty much everyone in the city is concerned about this, so hopefully everyone is aware that this is out. And, um, and you'll, you'll make your opinion known by February 2nd. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Hang. Okay. Thank you, Chair. I just wanted to remind the public of uh, our new mayor and vice mayor's installation. I believe it's next Tuesday, uh, the 16th, uh, in council chambers. We'll have new uh, incoming mayor, John Erickson, and vice mayor, uh, Chelsea. Um, Buyers. I'm sorry. Thank you. Commissioner Vula. Um, yeah, just a couple notes for commissioners. Um, I would recommend, I think it's a good, a good idea that all of us visit the businesses that are coming before us before a hearing so we have an idea of the layout and how close they are to residents and so on. Um, if you haven't been to a business that has a hearing, I think that's a, doing our due diligence and would be a good thing to do. And then second is the, the second vote that we had today um, on the second motion. So like Jordan made his first motion, anyone can make a motion. It doesn't have to be what the chair wants. I, I know there was some confusion there, just to clarify that. You can make whatever motion that you want. Um, if it was voted down, there is opportunity for us to make a second motion, which happened. Um, during that second motion, for those of you who voted no, you were voting no on transferring that all license from um, the conservatory space to the uh, current artistry space. So that's what that vote was about. So if you were voting no for that, then maybe you would have a second motion, I don't know what, that, that would be an alternate to that. So the vote on the second motion was to move the... Um, the license, the main license from artistry conservatory side to the artistry over on Santa Monica Boulevard in the Rainbow District. So uh, I just wanted to clarify that because it was, it was, it took me back a little bit. I wasn't sure that people knew what was going on. Um, and if you do have a question on a motion, just ask the staff to clarify it or what we're voting on or what's the best way that we could do it as commissioners because sometimes things move really fast and we're not, we get caught up in the moment and we're like, what are we voting on? What are we doing? Um, what's, maybe what's the best you know, way to handle something like that? Thank you, Chair and uh, Vice Chair and uh, Commissioner Bullen. If we could have uh, the Commission Secretary read the second motion that uh, was approved which was staff's recommendation. It was the original recommendation in the staff report. So the recommendation was to approve the amendment 
request and adopt resolution BLC 24-0002, a resolution of the Business License Commission of the City of West Hollywood approving the relocation of cannabis consumption area, smoking, vaping, and edibles, business license CA, sorry, CCA-00008 from 8289 Santa Monica Boulevard to 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard. And if you can continue, please. And just the, for clarification, and this is the denial of the request to modify the cannabis consumption yeah, area edibles license CCE 000001 to transfer to a different area of 8625 Santa Monica Boulevard. That was staff's recommendation. Yeah. Correct. So the, the, the ask to approve the 01 license transfer was already voted down. So that's off the table. So the second motion was for staff's recommendation. So if, if, if it was possible that somebody changed their mind and said, oh, I would have liked to maybe go back to that first motion and you voted no the second time, they would have been out of luck and not been able to have the license transfer. That, that was my concern. Excuse okay, I just, me. I'm, yeah. I just want to make sure I understand Commissioner Vulin's point. So are you saying that when, for the second motion, when certain commissioners voted no as to approving the staff's recommendation, they're also voting no on the transfer of? Yeah, I think they were turning yeah, against yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah, I understand, yeah, Commissioner. Yeah. 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 Okay, because you're voting no on the entirety of the motion, right? Yeah. Is that the point you're trying to make? Okay. No, 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 wait. We voted to approve staff's recommendation, which was to allow them to move smoking and just not give them two licenses. Right. That's what we approved. And uh, Commissioner yeah. Usarov. No, no, I think Commissioner Bullen is correct. I think Commissioner Bullen is correct. You, you were denying the whole staff recommendation. Which included the transfer. No, no, no. I know, it gets confusing when there's motion after you're, motion. You made That's an when you excellent gotta, point, yeah. Commissioner Bullen. Okay, wait, so I guess I'm curious about that. It, we said, we said no to staff's recommendation um, of of them, oh, so wait. So what you're saying Staff is also that- also recommended So the both, move. so we said no yes, to both, yes. okay. That's a very good okay, point. Thank you, then that does, okay. All right, I thought we were just saying no to- No, we understand, that's what you, yes. we understand. Yes. Okay, all right, okay. thank you, Commissioner Bullen. That was an excellent comment. Yes. Okay. No problem. I mean, I, I know it gets confusing and uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, just it, something for us to catch. think about when we have Look, two motions. It was motions a good catch for all take of us. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Commissioner Barron. Just want to clarify, uh, Commissioner Bullen uh, asked, uh, recommended that we visit the sites that of the businesses that are up for that have an item up for consideration. Is that like I don't, I don't want to use the word legal, but is that ethical that we do that? Sure. You're allowed to visit, um, not to discuss the item or anything. Obviously, but you, yeah. You're allowed. But, okay. I, I would seek I wasn't to do sure it, that we could. I would seek to do it individually, not as a group. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Very good yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, for all kinds of things, even in planning, people, the commissioners go and visit the sites. They talk to uh, 
the developers and things like that. That's normal. And most of the time, the owners aren't there. It's just you're seeing the layout and you know what what it is. Yeah. And you might be a prior customer, so familiar with it anyway. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Yusuf, did you have comments? Yeah. So I, I actually want to yeah, thank Commissioner Woolen for um, excellent points. And to that, I, I actually perfectly knew what I was voting on. And um, I, I don't want to say it was a protest vote, but I, I, I kind of knew that it's going to pass anyway. But maybe in the future, um, um, we should get a little bit more guidance from staff because it, it, I think we have a lengthy deliberation, a lengthy debate, but in the end it's being a little bit rushed. And yeah, because there were two things in the um, staff recommendation, there was one to approve and the second to deny, maybe those things should have been separated and it, it, that would avoid any potential confusion. I voted no perfectly knowing that it's going to pass and I would actually... Yes, so I wouldn't be denying them both, but um, um, uh, I think we also, um, there was a very um, uh, potential for confusion there, so maybe a little bit more uh, in, in intervention from the staff or separating those items in the future would be helpful. And on, honestly, the people who voted um, against it, you could have made a second motion doing exactly that. I'm for the transfer of the license, but I, uh, not for the other thing. So you could break it, break it up that way. We could have but voted there was, on that There was well. a little bit of a rush. In a, yes, like in, it was. in the end, there was a little bit of a rushing, so that, that's what I felt. Thank you. Okay, I don't have any comments other than to thank staff for their excellent work tonight um, and to wish everybody a happy new year. I'm looking forward to working with everyone in 2024. Thank you. And um, we'll adjourn. But you're right, it was, it was, Anthony, that was a really good point, really good point.